I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, it's your host, at NFL on Twitter. And, of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I've got on the line, me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock, NFL. Let's tell mama name the Ryan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Cheers for having me back again. Well, you know, you're a regular now. I know, I know. I need to start getting some serious credits on this thing. Yeah, well, we did have Famous Fridays and we've had interviews with Amand Green, with Leroy Butler, with Mason Crosby, the Mason Crosby, uh, Mike Daniels. I would say Sam Barrington, but he's kind of cut now. So, you know, people don't really care about him. Gone to the Chiefs, Ryan, hasn't he? Gone to our, our arch nemesis. I know. Uh, I think Tom said he's going to try and get him on his flag team for next year. So, oh, Eamon God. Green, we need you to come step up, be on yeah. our team. And I know people out there are saying, what, Chiefs, Arch Nemesis? What are you talking about? It's the Bears or whatever. No, the Chiefs in real life are the UK Packers Nemesis. We play them every year in flag football. And at both years now, Ryan, we've ended with a tie. And I just want to remind people, if you don't know, if you're long listeners to the podcast, you'll know full well about Ryan's failures, right? But if if you're new to the podcast, let me just fill you in because I think everybody deserves the right to know about Ryan Peacock's failure. So the game came down. I can see the face on Ron already. Ryan, you're not happy about this, are you? But I'm gonna I'm gonna truck on, right? Because any chance this, this get... wasn't this wasn't on the script notes. Like you, you didn't say we were talking about this again. This is one of two things that I'm gonna blindside you with. This is the first. The second is the impossible question. Oh yeah, baby, it's back. But anyway, let me go back to the Chiefs game real quick. So we retired the game. The sun was setting, and then we came down to a field goal. Ryan steps up, confident as you like, says, well, "I'll do that. That's no problem to me." Um, you know, so he kicked a field goal. Where did it go? Really wide right or really wide left? No, no, no. It went marginally left. There was a, a bad snap skipped across the floor. <laughs> it um, was not the a holder, bad snap. The holder didn't get the laces facing out, and you know, <laughs> connection. The connection was good. The connection yeah, okay. was good, but um, you know. So that's two yeah, excuses you've used. Now, we've spoken to, uh, you know, kickers on the podcast before, and they say that laces in, laces out doesn't really matter. If you're a good kicker, you know, that doesn't really, doesn't really. Yeah, but you you've know. got to remember as well, you see, just as I'm running up, there's a strong wind. So I'm already <laughs> thinking, I mean, Steve, you play golf, right? You've got a strong wind in a direction you're going to look to, you know, hit in, maybe, maybe hit it left to bring it round with wind. Right, gotcha. That's what I'm doing. Just as I strike the ball, wind drops, goes left. So act right. of God act of god yeah but you know the worst type of wind is the imaginary wind and you had an awful bout of imaginary wind on that day um i'll tell you what i know i know you're normally the guy that likes your stats but i'm going to bring some stats here in the in the games we played against them though i've scored now what four touchdowns thrown about five had interceptions do you know i mean i do everything you know okay i failed on the kick no you see do you know what ryan you're you're good right you're good defensively you're you're not a bad QB at all. Uh, you can pull them in. I wouldn't call you a wide receiver. You're more like a tight end. But when it really matters, Ryan, you just let the UK Packers. Down. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Look, we know we know Mason Crosby listens to the show. How you doing, Mason? Um, <laughs> Peace. And he's sitting there going, "Look, I've been telling these guys all this time that you know kicking really is the hardest job in football." And do you know what? I agree with you. So. Res- <laughs> respect number two hashtag number two there you go we had to see Ryan's terrible kicking to appreciate how hard the kicking game is but anyway let's get past that type of stuff and get on to some success here so what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to do we've something new for you too but what we're going to do is is we're going to preview the Jags game it's going to be kind of like you know a diatribe a kind of mental 
diarrhea, if you will, of just, you know, preview stats and, you know, air opinion melded together in a lovely big brew, right? Uh, so we're not going to go defense, stat, 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 offense, stat, stat, stat. So bear with us. It's a bit of a chat. Relax. It's a Friday. Um, and we've uncovered some stuff here. And now we're going to try to be positive because there are some movers and shakers, Ryan, right? So Josh Sitton, as we know, is gone. We've stopped cribbing and whinging about that. That's fine now. Lane Taylor's in his place. Um, we look thin at inside linebacker, but we're not going to crib and give out about that either. We're going to try to pick out the positives of that. But one caveat, one warning that I want to give to people out there is, is that the Jaguars are not going to be a pushover for a number of reasons, and that's what we'll get to. But Ryan, I mean, where do you want to kick it off now with this preview? What sort of jumped out to you when you were doing your research about this game? The Packers are going to win. Oh, yeah. Did you want more than that? Yeah, I kind of wanted more. And let me hit you with this, right? Is that from listening to the Inside the Huddle podcast with Jeff Reinbold and Neil Reynolds, both of who we've had on the podcast and are good friends of ours, both of those guys, when they were previewing this, picked the Jaguars to win. Nonsense. What what do those guys know? What do those guys know? Come on. Do you know what it is? It's the loyalty, I think, to have, you know, when the Jags come over here and give up one of their away games, I think... There's almost a sense of that loyalty there to this team when I think that they almost don't warrant it. Um, and you, yeah, and do you know what? Just just to jump in on that, because I don't like the Jags, and a lot of people go to me, oh, they don't deserve it, man. You know, they're giving us a game every year. No, do you know what? They haven't got enough fans in their own stadium to fill it, so they have to come to England however many times a year to come and get some fans. And then all the guys in this country that were probably originally, I don't know, Niners fans and Seattle fans, they've gone, oh, hang on, this looks like a great opportunity. I'll jump on that bandwagon instead. <laughs> so then you get all these people in the UK going, oh, yeah, I've been a Jacksonville fan for like three minutes. And then everybody's on the Jags bandwagon and they generally have sucked. And that's why, uh, I mean, that's led to them having, a, I think it's their fifth straight year with a top five draft pick. I mean, this team sucked. The only problem is, they're probably getting to that point now where they're starting to really fill their roster with some some good talent and some, and some good names. Um, they've had good free agency signings, good draft sign, uh, good draft pickups, all that sort of thing. Unfortunately, we're playing at probably a bit at the wrong time because where they've sucked for so long, this could be the year that the Jags actually do come together. But in terms of you being London's team and England's team, not interested, don't care, you suck. Strong words. Uh, we hope no one from the Jaguars is listening. Oh, let's let's you know keep our eye on these uh, fan groups in the UK. Let's click on and listen to this podcast from the UK Packers, one of the top podcasts on iTunes. Jesus, you know you're going to give them a heart attack. But yeah, yeah but no- the kind of thing is, look, look, we're not here to make friends of anybody from any other teams, really. Okay, <laughs> we 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 like the Chiefs guys because you know Tomley's in my hometown and he'll slap me if he sees me out. But we get on with those guys. But everybody else. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in and play devil's advocate. I'm gonna disagree. We're friendly fellows. We like to have some banter, and we are quite friendly with the other groups. Ryan is just in fight and talk right now. But yeah, Ryan, I have to agree with you that the Jags remind me of kind of like Italy in rugby. You know, they they're the they're the booby team, really. They're the team that you look at them and go you know what you should be far better than you actually are and then the odd time once every 10 years a good team will get beaten or almost beaten by Italy in the Six Nations and you're thinking it's usually Scotland yeah and you're hoping that that, yeah and you're hoping that that's not going to be you because again they put up a strong fight and they're kind of a a smash mouth football team but if we take a look at the Jags here I mean they do pose a threat because if you look at last year okay they'd five wins and you're thinking yeah big who cares these guys are going to suck like you say 
Uh, but they have a lot of variables now. As you say, they're, they're, they're building their defense now. Their defense last year was 31st in the NFL of 32 teams. But their first five draft picks this year were defensive players. And they've been on a massive uh, rebuild on defense. They've got some massive signings. So they have Prince Amukamara on there from the Giants. Um, you know, they've signed Malik Jackson. He's going to be a beast in the in the middle of their defense. It's going to cause all kinds of problems. So I think defensively, these have the chance to be very good and again we have to look at the opposite side of the ball now I'm not putting a downer on it I'm not sort of saying that somebody isn't good enough but if I was the Jacksonville Jags there's one place that I would pick on again and again and again and that's Lane Taylor of course you would and he's up against Malik Jackson and that's going to cause him some issues and because you know we have some stats later that show that Lane Taylor uh, when it comes to you know pass blocking you know it's going to be it's going to be hard for him to go up against a guy like Jackson and that's where they're going to target. They're going to try run through the middle each and every time. So it's going to be a test for Lane Taylor, isn't it, Ryan, to see how he can stand up to this. It is. And uh, I know you're still struggling to let go of Josh Sitton, but we're going to have to just accept he's gone now. And our coaches, our team, Ted, everybody, as much as it hurts, and it is, it's, it's hard to believe that this guy will measure up to Josh Sitton straight away, but... They must have something that they see in him to not only let Josh Sitton go, but if you look at the backups to our offensive line positions, you've got Kyle Murphy, Jason Spriggs, and Don Barkley. So there's a lot of inexperience there, and I think that they must be putting great, great credit in this player to not only have it being backed up by that inexperience, but but to let a player you know, perennial pro bowler like Josh Sitton leave the team. So let's go into it positively, as I'm sure we always do, because we like to keep it that way. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll be talking about this on the Sunday podcast and we'll see if we were right. Yeah, and I mean, there's, you have to be positive about it. See, the thing that we forget here is that, you know, this is these people's full-time job. This is Lane Taylor's full-time job. It's Ted Thompson's full-time job. You know, and like these wouldn't let these players go if there wasn't an issue. There's all the stuff about that. You know, Josh Sitton had a back injury, had to sit out on some practices. And they say that, you know, the old Ron Wolf mantra would be, you know, let them go early, then keep them on a little bit too late. So maybe that's what they're after doing here. But the common theme throughout this whole Green Bay set up this year and the roster is is that they're keeping you know undrafted players they're keeping really really young players so of the 53 players 47 have begun the pro careers with the Packers that's like nearly 89% have begun with the Packers that they know these people they have a history with these people they trust in them you know 35 of them were draft picks to the Packers so they weren't pulled on from free agency and that that fits with you know what Ted Thompson likes to do you know out of 15 players on the roster they began their careers as undrafted free agents, which of 12 of those were originally signed by Green Bay, so only three were taken on from outside. So, I mean, you know, it goes to show that Ted Thompson is an expert at drafting the players that he wants to keep and believes in them and keeps them around. Um, you know, most of the players on Green Bay, as we've seen, like 88% of these players are one-team players. So we have to trust that if any player is let go, that Ted Thompson or Dom Capers, Mike McCarthy, all these people know... Uh, that like like Sam Barrington being cut that was a big one on the defensive side of the ball and people were shocked at that at inside linebacker yeah and that's going to be a test for us in this game too Ryan isn't it against the Jags is that inside linebacker position yeah it will be and I think obviously just, just quickly going back to what you said there 
our attitude towards the undrafted uh, players and the draft pick players that we keep on the roster getting younger, getting younger is in stark contrast to the Jacksonville Jags. I mean, you've just mentioned all those free agents they've picked up. They've done that year after year after year. And they've got a lot of their draft picks wrong. And look at what they've done in the last however many years, last 10 years as, yeah. a, as a franchise. I think you have to go back to almost the, the start of the millennium to the last time they, you know, sort of were even, even fairly relevant, if you know what I mean. So when you look at us, I think we're tied, I think it was with the Patriots for the seventh season in a row where we make the playoffs, you know. So I know there's people out there that still sort of scratch their head and frown a bit and, you know, we don't really heavily go into free agency and, and sometimes just scratch head at when we release these veteran players. But we have to be honest with us, in Ted we trust, this guy gets it right time and time again. Yeah, and proof of that, Ryan, is that if you look at it, right, and everyone sort of puts so much value on the first three rounds, say, you know, that usually the quarterbacks go in the first um, and you get some strong defensive players and then, of course, you're going to have wide receivers running backs then are kind of picked. But out of the 53 players on the current roster, only 20 of those have actually went in the first three rounds in the draft. Mm -hmm. You know, that's 37% of the players on the current roster aren't even in the top three rounds in the draft. Sorry, if you, I'm just going to say there, just to back your point up completely, the Super Bowl champs at the minute, Denver Broncos, have just gone from Peyton Manning to this Trevor Simeon, who was a seventh-round quarterback pick. Mm. You know, So there is always great value the whole way down the draft and way into the undrafted players. Um, and I think generally the, the clubs that do that best are the clubs that are successful year on year. Yeah. And I mean, it's about bringing in young talent. It's about keeping that young talent and developing them and letting go of the older players when they've passed their peak. There was a brilliant article by, um, I think it's Pete Doherty, uh, was how we pronounce it anyway, um, in the journal Sentinel, where he discusses Vince Lombardi letting players go once they hit 30. You know, that 30 was that kind of age where he sort of looked at it and said, OK, I'm going to cut you. And he cut plenty of players that are Hall of Fame players, um, you know, and didn't keep them hanging around too long. Like, if you look at the roster... 44 of the players on the current roster are 28 years or younger and out of those 44 25 of those lads are 24 years or younger so that's almost half of the roster are younger than 24 now no doubt that's a risk but again if they've developed the talent like they obviously have the confidence that they have this is going to be a very exciting team and if we are dominant this year we'll have Aaron Rodgers in his prime we'll have some excellent wide receivers coming up that are really young lads and we could have the start of a dynasty now I know people are going to laugh at that and go Jesus you know where are you, why are you going there because it's arguably we have kind of it's not really a dynasty now because we haven't won the Super Bowls to back it up but I think hopefully this is a roster forming that would have a bit of longevity that we can at least... Because look, I mean, if, if the age is 30 to get rid of some of these players, that gives us six years with some of these lads before they get there. And that's a long time to hopefully be dominant. Yeah, I think this definitely goes down as obviously one of those dominant periods. But we do, like, like you touched on there, we've absolutely got to add another Super Bowl. Um, but this year, I mean, we're as well stacked at, at most positions to win it this year as we have been in most. Obviously, a, long, a lot of that's going to go at keeping 12 on his feet. Um, but I have to say as well, I think you're going to see a massive comeback year from Eddie Lacy because uh, he's got a hell of a lot to prove. But yeah, I, I can see real big numbers this year with him, which takes us quite nicely because I think actually the Jaguars' biggest threat are, on Sunday night will definitely be their running game as well. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, T.J. Yeldon last year 
obviously yeah. rookie last year. Um, goes off to have be the have the twelfth most yards after contact and the fifth most missed tackles. Now, if I think of our defense going back previous years, we have struggled. We've generally struggled against the run. Yeah. Where we've had backs that can burst through that initial tackle, and this guy has already proven that he's in his rookie season. He's already a kind of guy that can do that. So he worries me. Um, they also another free agent signed in. They signed Chris Ivory as well, who's never a guy anyone seems to talk about. But those that played a fantasy football know, you know, generally he gets you points. He does things in a quiet way. So they've got a good run game. Um, I don't know if you agree. Is it you know is that their biggest threat? I think it is, and I think it's their biggest threat because with moving Clay to the outside again, our inside linebacking core, you know, can be. I'm not. I'm not saying it's weak, but it, it's inexperienced for the moment. I mean, Jake Ryan is the only inside linebacker that we have that's actually started a regular season game, and they're going to have Blake Martinez there, and he's actually taking control of the comms helmet, uh, which mm-hmm. is a bit crazy to say. You know, he's he's a rookie and he's going to take the comms helmet. They're not going to give that to somebody that they don't expect to be on the field for every snap. So, you know, not only are they expecting him to call the defensive plays, uh, they trust him enough, obviously, to do it. Um, you know, they're expecting him to be out there 100% of the time. Um, so that is going to be a key matchup. And like you said, the Packers really need to focus on their fundamentals here, which is wrapping up. And it's the same in rugby and it's the same in American football. And nothing frustrates a fan more than a missed tackle. And like you said, Chris Ivory, I mean, he was the fourth best in the NFL for missed tackles last year and Yeldon. So they have a good one-two punch here. I mean, Ivory caused 47 missed tackles last year. Yeldon caused 34. So we're going to really depend on Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez to step up and, and sure the run because the Packers were 21st last year in defending the run which was awful you know like Clay did his best in there but they really need someone in there now from a full time basis and they seem to have got that in Martinez they're really impressed by him Sam Barrington in all of his interviews before he got cut was flabbergasted by how Blake Martinez was able to communicate with everybody and that's exactly why Tom Capers has given him the helmet and an interesting thing and sort of a development that's happened that uh, this season is is with the comms helmet that Capers will be able to call the play straight from the box this time so I mean he's going to have that sort of upper deck view and he's going to be able to direct Martinez uh, into what plays that he wants to call on the defense so like you know the first year that they allowed him to do it because before that it was always funneled through Winston Moss so this time he's got that real bird's eye view and I think that's going to be exciting as well but again they've said that Martinez you know he's a perfectionist he's a crazy into his film study uh, his play study his attention to detail is crazy and above all else like I've just said about Sam Barrington he's an excellent communicator so you know he's going to be key to that to try shore up the run but I think that that's important Ryan isn't it I mean obviously they can only hit you two ways one in the air and one on the ground and their ground attack is strong and in the air they have Blake, uh, Blake Bortles so he's coming into his third year and I'm surprised by this because an awful lot of people keep coming out and saying that this guy is excellent and they're really surprised by how good he was I mean, the stats don't really say that. Yes, he's a confident guy. He's got a strong arm. Um, but his throws are questionable. And he does toss it up into 50-50 coverage. Or 50-50 balls, you know, sort of want people to jump up. Yeah. Yo, I'm, I'm just, sorry, I'm just thinking. People are probably saying, especially Jags fans, they're probably going, oh, this guy's great because they're two previous quarterbacks. And we're bashing him again another podcast, I know. Blaine Gabbert and before him, Miami reject Chad Heddy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think there might have even been a McCown in there somewhere. So, yeah, I guess uh, you know me and you could go along and be be half decent compared to that bunch. 
So yeah, Blake Bortles is kind of a guy that they're trying to get behind. Because like you said, I mean, their quarterback play in previous years wasn't great. So they see this guy, he's young, he's in his third year, he's a lot of potential. You know, he's a confident guy, he's got the arm to, to give the deep ball. And he has some weapons in Alan Robinson and Alan Hearns. I mean, these guys can reel it in. But I think he depends too much on the likes of Alan Robinson. And Ryan, I think that our secondary is absolutely outstanding. And we have some absolute veterans to shut this down. So what I'm hoping will happen is, is that on defense, we can shore up the run on the inside with Ryan Martinez, with Joe Thomas coming in then to provide relief. Because he's a guy as well. I mean, he's added 10 pounds in the offseason to bulk up because he's kind of an undersized guy. So hopefully he'll be able to shore up the run as well. We'll have Clay and Julius coming off the edge. And what we want to do is we want to force Bortles to try, you know, throw those 50-50s. And I've every faith in our secondary to come up with those turnovers. You look at that uh, that that defensive line that we've got, you know, Mike Daniels in particular that just loves rushing and loves getting in the quarterback's face. He's going to toss it up. He's got a history of doing it. 18 interceptions was it last year. Yeah. You know, I'm going to predict it now. You've got a two interception night for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. No, for confidence. And I think that's warranted luck. Yeah, and I think, like you say, this, the the defensive backs are going to be all over him. Any fifty-fifty balls, if he's thrown into defensive, uh, sorry, into uh, double coverage, anything like that, you know, he's got a history of doing it. Don't get me wrong, this quarterback's not bad, and you're right, his numbers don't back it up at all. And he has had an emerging team around him. They've had another off season altogether. They've had new draft picks come in, new additions to the team. So nobody's saying this guy's a bad quarterback. We're just saying that. He's definitely got all the tools to do it. I think, and I'm sure I'm sure you, you feel the same, that in a few years' time, he will be that franchise quarterback. But just right now, he's also got plenty of traits that mean a good, sharp defense with ball hawks that we have could rip him apart early. Yeah, because the people can't sleep on the Green Bay defense. And I know that they got a bad rap there for, you know, that performance that they put in, you know, two years ago, three years ago. And then it all seemed to break down against the cards, you know, that when you we last wanted it. But, I mean, the main reason that the Packers got to the playoffs was because Green Bay's defense was insane. I mean, with games allowing 20 points or fewer, Green Bay were tied for third with 10 games allowing 20 points or fewer. So, I mean, we have been dominant in that. And as you said, our takeaways are insanity. Green Bay actually had 22 takeaways in 2015. And they had at least one takeaway in 15 of the 16 games. So, I mean, we know how to jump up and pull down that ball. For, and Blake Bortles, hopefully, with his interception record, will feed us the same way as Cutler does, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I should just add as well. I've had three takeaways so far this this week. <laughs> so I've had I've had Indian, Chinese, and a kebab. There so you, go. you know, there's a true athlete. There you so go, on, Sam then. Shields. Let's 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 wrap this thing up then. Let's let's talk predictions. How many points do you reckon we're going to beat these guys by? Uh, sorry, who's going to win? Let's start. Sorry, who is going to win and how many by? Do you know what? I'm confident enough that people are going to step up here. I'm going to give you a very long-winded answer because I'm Irish. Um, I think we're going to step up here because I think that people are so worried about Lane Taylor. They're so worried about our inside linebackers. But, I mean, Lane Taylor did extremely well against some very tough competition last year. But people can't be hard on him because the thing about it is Malik Jackson, who he's going to go up against, is a top 10 interior rusher last year. So this guy's dominant. So give him a break. 
Second off, I think that by giving Blake Martinez the communication helmet, it instills a bit of confidence in him and he knows that the Packers are really dependent on him to shore up the run. So when you put your, as you know from being a manager, Ryan, I mean, if you put your faith in somebody like that and say, I trust you to do the job, they usually take on that responsibility and step up to the plate. And that's certainly something that we saw from Blake Martinez. And then on yeah, offense, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree with that. And I think, I think just, just maybe the last, last point in our offensive line would be as well that I think that you're going to see Ripkowski stand into block and maybe help out a little bit and just give it that extra as well. And and let's let's remember, Rogers can get that ball out before you can blink. Yeah. You know, I mean that that guy can be quick. So if we've got everything working, a couple of short throws that start getting the ball out quick. You know, on that sort of slant stuff, or the, the you know the sort of five and ten outs, those sort of things. Get the ball moving quick, and negate that pass rush altogether, um, yeah. and then see how once Lane once Lane Taylor settles into it, then I'm I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah, and you raise a very good point because the main thing is, is people keep going on like Lane Taylor's the be all and end all that because he's deemed to be the weakest link, which might not be true at all because we have to see this guy play. What like why are people so down on him already? is that, as you say, Aaron Rodgers is going to get the ball out really, really quickly. And of course, JC Treader is in at centre. He's the best pass blocking efficiency out of all 2015 centres. So he was in for only 186 pass blocks, but he allowed no sacks and no hits. So, I mean, at centre, we have some guy who's really, really solid and that will help the line in general. And as you say, I mean, Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out fast and the Jags last year really, really struggled on tight end coverage. Now we have absolute weapons. So we have Jared Cook, who is insanity in the red zone and he's been so reliable with pulling the ball down. Um, this preseason uh, I've been really really impressed with him and then we of course we have Richard Rogers there as another big body tight end and then Justin Perillo if we really need him which you know we probably won't see a whole lot of, of game time we've Jordy Nelson stretching the field we have Devontae Adams which I expect to have a breakout year this year to get over you know last year's dropsies but we have enough guys behind him do you know what Ryan we have enough guys behind him to try force him to be a better wide receiver the problem last year was is that he was expected to step into that you know wide receiver one role to be honest because Randall Cobb isn't really a a first wide receiver he's more of a slot receiver you can't expect him to stretch the field and I think that was too much for Devontae but now he knows that the minute he does drop the ball and suffer a case of the dropsies he has six lads behind him who want to take his job now yeah not six because Jordy's going to be on the field so with Randall Cobb but you know what I mean right so I mean between tight ends or wide receivers and then as well as that I mean don't sleep on Jarrell Presley either I mean this is a guy who he's one of the best sort of dynamic guys about catching passes from the backfield so if they want to use him either and Eddie Lacy remember I mean he's excellent at catching passes he has some crazy stats for receiving yards uh, for a running back all of that said and to come back to your question I think the Packers certainly have the capability if they can get around the defensive players that the Jags have added to beat the Jags by at least two touchdowns what about you two touchdowns okay yeah I was gonna say pack win by 10 or more yeah uh I'm gonna go first touchdown score as well and I'm gonna go uh, don't know who should we go who should we go how about something crazy so what about we bring in Julius Peppers at tight end and throw him the ball and he scores <laughs> yeah imaginable <laughs> no, stuff no, no. in game no, one no I'm going to go Jared Abraderis there you go there's one outside the pot that's got to be about 20 to 1 on the odds isn't it seriously yeah and how does he get this because he's not going to be brought on do you think he's going to be brought on as wide receiver or is he going to return something no no it's going to be kickoff return touchdown yeah no I, I, I don't know I'm just going to go for him because <laughs> he's a badger 
<laughs> I'm not putting much thought into it. He's just a badger, so I'm going to put him down to school. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's going to be a good game, and people are predicting a tight game, and the guys from inside the huddle are predicting a, a Jags win. They're saying that the heat is going to be a factor, but, I mean, they... You know, they practiced in the Hudson Center. It was incredibly hot. And I think they said that on the day, it's only going to be six degrees hotter in, I know, say only, only six degrees hotter in um, Florida. And as well as that, don't like forget that the Packers played in Miami with the whole fake spike. They won, you know, at the very end of that game. The Packers can do it in the heat. And as well as that, we're all human. Just because they practice in the heat doesn't make them, you know, 10 times better than somebody who doesn't particularly practice in the heat so i don't envision that to be too much of an issue that they haven't prepared the other, for the other thing as well is i mean let's face it yes these players play at green bay they're not all out of green bay yeah so a lot of them uh for example clay matthews doesn't he, he's southern is he southern california yeah and then sure. you got you know rogers is from northern california exactly yeah you know so i mean these guys come from all over the country so it's it's heat they're athletes at the end of the day they're trained to do it it'll be fine yeah yeah, so happy days. Hopefully that all comes true now and you'll watch out for all of the stuff that we mentioned. But it's time for Ryan to watch out because it is impossible question time. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm 2-1 up. I'm feeling confident. We're going 3-1. Team UK, what? <laughs> We're going to have to get a jingle or something like that for this impossible question. So my impossible question to you, and I'm not going to go too left field. Because look, you hit me with a really difficult one the last time, thanks to... Uh, your friend there on Twitter, but I've come John up on my Mid-Ink. own. Yeah, legend. Got John me a Mid-Ink. second point. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with something that's a little bit closer to home. And it's gonna test your current knowledge. I'm not gonna ask you who was the third string quarterback in nineteen twenty one when the Packers whatever. My question to you is and the impossible question is last year what quarterback was tied with Aaron Rodgers for the most twenty five plus yard passes? Okay, I'm going to rule out Alex Smith straight off the bat. <laughs> Does he actually throw above four yards? I don't think so. I don't know if I've ever seen him throw more than ten yards. No. So uh, just another little jibe at the uh, the arrowheads abroad, guys. Um, okay, twenty-five yard plus. It's going to be somewhat obscure, isn't it? Because if I come out with something like a Brady or a, a Manning, it's going to be too obvious. So. Hmm. We could be here a while, just what I think. You almost need to play. <laughs> you almost need to like play some music or something. I can see kind of um, a speech bubble coming up out of your head when monkeys playing cymbals and. Yeah, there's like there's there's like a thought bubble going on, and there's just nothing in it. Yeah. So okay, who should we go? Who should we go? So narrow ah. it down to at least. Do you know what? Here. Okay, okay, I'm going to go three. Derek Carr. Yeah. I'm watching your face, so I'm trying to get these. But I'm, you've got poker face. I'm getting behind a pop card here. I'm not. Okay. So we'll go Derek Carr for one. We'll go. Ooh, I'm trying. Oh God, I'm really trying to think. I'm taking this seriously. See, I've got the whole nation on my back here. <laughs> this is making really good radio, by the way. This is the radio podcast of Ryan thinking. Twenty-five okay. minutes of silence. Yeah, yeah, I know. I do apologise to everyone for this, but I know they're all sat there crossing their fingers. Um, okay, so I'm going to go. My three will be. Derek Carr, Jay Cutler, or oh, Jesus, I don't, I don't want to get this wrong. Who is the guy? Who is the guy? Oh, I'm trying to think what his name is. You said about Mariota, didn't you, weeks back? But he was—he, I don't think he was very good last year. I'm trying to think what teams needed to just hoik the ball and throw it. Mm. Let's put Blake Bortles in there as well, then. Okay. 
to Carr, Bortles, or Cutler? I'm going to go Derek Carr. You're very close. I was sweating there for a while. It's Blake Bortles. You're kidding me. Would you believe it? I, I didn't think it'd even be near. I thought we were too close at home. It's like hiding something in, in plain sight. So yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers. He had 39 25 plus yard passes last year. Tied with Blake Bortles with 39. And yeah. again, the usual suspects were behind them. Tom Brady with 38 in third place and Drew Brees with 36 in fourth place. So I can it's believe surprising that. that Drew Brees had that considering he's you know, not on anyone's radars anymore, is he? No, which is insane because I mean he tops all the stats. Touchdown passes since 2011. Drew Brees is top of that with 193. Completion percentage since 2011. Drew Brees is top of that with 68%. You know, the guy gets it done um, and it's amazing. And he has to do it and he has to just sort of throw the ball up. And again, look at the targets that he had. He would have had Jimmy Graham back in the day um, to throw all the ball up to, to get these sort of completion percentage because he's a small dude. He's representing for the small dudes. I'm delighted you did well, though, in fairness, to pick someone sort of obscure and to come up with the logic of, um, you know, that someone would need to toss the ball up. Uh, But I'm delighted. So that brings back Ireland and England. So 2-2. It's not England. I'm representing the whole of the United Kingdom, bro. The whole of the United Kingdom, including Northern Ireland. Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. I'm representing the lot. Yeah, New Zealand and Australia and all that. The Commonwealth, is it, or is it just the UK? It's the whole British Empire now. (laughs) Which is getting smaller. Do you have one of those anymore since the whole EU Brexit thing? Well, yeah, we had one, and then countries kept kicking off. You know, Ireland, they, they didn't want to be part of it, so they got out. <laughs> Out there of subordinates, yeah. You took us over yeah. for 600 years, but we ran down out of the mountains and yeah. used guerrilla warfare, Michael Collins, all that gear. But anyway, let's not get into a history lesson. Now, look, what we're going to do is we have something really exciting for the end of the podcast. We have... Our first, do you know what? We're coming up with first all the time. So we had um, Brett Favre Friday which we haven't done since having that Brett Favre Friday, but we are going to bring it back. We're always sort of stretched for time. Instead of Brett Favre Friday, we're going to have a skit that we recorded earlier in the week. But before we get to that, we have something very important to mention. It's kind of a bit of housekeeping. So we've been putting it out there on Twitter and we're going to be releasing a newsletter. If you're not signed up to our newsletter yet, do get onto the website, www.ukpackers.co.uk. Get on there, sign up to the newsletter. You get all the info, get all the shop offers, you know, money off. We've Under Armour gear that we've linked up with Under Armour, right, Ryan, that we have some cool, exciting stuff on the website that you can get stuff for really, really cheap. Yeah, so all our Under Armour, we always take 20% off the recommended retail price. And then if you have the newsletter, we will be sending out um, special discount code as well to get further further discount off that. Um, but some of the items that have just gone in there, the Under Armors that are the alter ego ones. So you've got Superman, Batman, and the Hulk. And the Hulk one is the one that Eddie Lacey wears himself. So yeah. they look pretty cool. And I think you end up getting them once you take the 20% off. Um, and if you get on the newsletter, we'll send out a discount code. You could get further 10% off. And that's going to get you that for, 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 for I think it's about £28. So yeah real cheap the cheaper that you can get it on the under armor site yeah so. pretty ridiculous like so we're going to have offers like that so do subscribe to our newsletter we send them out periodically um so the one thing that we want to mention that's happening in the bye week so on the first and second of october we're going to be hitting london and it's the weekend of the international series game so we're going to be hitting london and we're going to be going to the hippodrome and what's happening is and we can't release the full info but you know what we can release is is that we're being filmed for a documentary about Packers fans. 
the UK Packers are going to be filmed. So if you want to get your face on camera, now again, this is a this is a pretty big deal. Um, we release more info on a future podcast. We're going to have a special guest on uh, to announce some more stuff about it. But the only thing that we can tell you at the moment is is that it's a documentary about Packers fans. And to go to the Hippodrome is absolutely free. And what we're going to be doing on the night is is we're going to have Super Bowl reruns of when the Packers won the Super Bowl, which is going to be cool because you know how it's going to end and it's always going to end with a Packers win, lifting the Lombardi Trophy. And on top of that, we're going to have just these crazy, stupid games on the night. So we're going to have, you know, what, what type of games are we going to have, Ryan? Uh, we should have one called uh, Play Your Guards Right, which is a nice little trick on play cards, right? Uh, and that's going to involve some people and some bin bags. So, you know, that could go anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's going to be a couple of other other things go on. Um, obviously, like like Steve said, we're going to have the Super Bowl reruns. We're going to do some prize giveaways. So we're going to basically we're going to get some people up on at the front. We are going to ask you a bit of an impossible question to keep this theme going. And if you can get that impossible question right, then you can win some prizes. So uh, it's it's basically just get there because you're going to be on a camera. Um, you're going to be on a Packers. Packers documentary it's going to go out in the states uh it's going to be pretty big yep um so definitely join us on the night and look at if you want to see what type of giveaways that we're doing just check out our shop there's loads of sort of little t-shirt designs that we've made like godgers and stuff like that they're really cool um, and we'll be giving some of those away for absolutely free in the night and again the questions of the impossible questions are going to be based on our history podcast so if you haven't heard those just go back and give them a listen while you're in the car you know bringing the dog for a walk bringing the baby for a walk giving your wife a break whatever uh give them a listen I've also got another announcement, which I have to say I forgot to even tell you about because I had it confirmed today. Oh. Those uh, people out there that have heard of the Gridiron Mag, um, if you're not subscribed, then give us a couple of days to get us up on the website, but we've just set up a deal with them. So anybody that subscribes to our website automatically gets 10% off your subscription costs. So I think it's a £5 magazine. That basically drop it down to £4.50 and... I'll tell you now, the magazines, me and Steve subscribed and have been for quite some time now. These things are fantastic and they've got loads and loads of information in. You know, you're travelling to work on the train. Obviously, once you finish listening to our podcast, read mm-hmm. their magazine because it's pretty damn good. Oh, it is. I mean, they have some interviews from some top players. I mean, Neil Reynolds is in there doing a bit of analysis. You know, you can't... Because the thing is, people were screaming out for an NFL magazine in the UK for years, and they brought it out, and they have not disappointed. And as well as that, Ryan, this is going to sound dumb, right? But you know what I like about it as well is the size. It's not this big, massive magazine that you're smacking people in the face on the train with. It's this compact, small sort of booklet magazine. Um, it's it's you know what? You can't beat a magazine. You can also get a digital subscription, right? Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, that's some people's bag as well. But I just I love when my magazine comes in in the post and I see it there and it's plastic. Rip that bad boy open and delve in. It's some good stuff. So definitely get on the website. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't even know about that. There you go. I knew we were, it was in the works. But uh, UK yeah. Packers, we deliver. Um, we're like the we're like the milkman. But come and here. chicken and lamb. <laughs> but uh, another, so another takeaway related joke. Because, you know, I'm all about the food. All about the food, yeah. For such a small, svelte guy, you know, what are you... I know, Ryan, it's, it's, it's unreal that I'm only 11 and a half stone. 11 and a half stone plus yeah. six. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so and, we have something... Some more. We, we have something cool for you uh, coming up, so we have a skit, right? So we all know that last season, Aaron Rodgers liked a bit of Hail Mary action, you know. He's almost religious. He's like, we call him Godgers on the website. He's almost holy. We managed last season to have a microphone in the confession booth when all of this was going on for Aaron Rodgers and why these Hail Marys kept happening. 
So, coming up, and we have to say goodbye, I suppose, because we'll end on this. So, goodbye from myself at CDDNFL and at Ryan Peacock NFL. And coming up, we have the confession of Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. Sorry, is this the confession booth? Is the priest in there? Okay, okay, thanks. Yeah, no, thank, thanks. Which one of God's children is next in the confession booth? Hi, hi Father. Uh, my name is Aaron. Um, and I'd like to confess it's, it's been a while since my last confession. That's okay, my son. Talk to God through me. Well, Father, I, uh, for the last number of years I've been, you know, from, from September to January, it's, it's never usually February, I, I've, been killing, I've been killing Vikings, lions and bears. I, I mean, how can I, how can I stop this? I mean, what, what penance can you give me? I understand, son. One Hail Mary should do it. One Hail Mary, okay, I got it. Thanks, Father. trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown! A game-ender for the Packers! Sorry, sorry, excuse me. Sorry, I really need to get in. Sorry to push by. Yep. Is the priest in there? Okay. Quick, quick, come through, come through. I recognize you. Hi, Father. I'm sorry. It's after happening again. I mean, I did what you told me. I, I, I did the Hail Mary. And I killed more lions again, Father. What can I do? Okay. You really must start to take my, my advice. One more Hail Mary, you must. Okay. You got it, Father. You got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. They are going to bring pressure again. Rogers is going to roll away. Throws it up in the air, says a prayer, and Janice does it. Oh, stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! Oh my, that may be one of the great throws ever made. Moving to his left, falling away, and launching a perfect throw. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, third time lucky. Yeah, whatever. Okay, just please. I need to see the father immediately. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. What happened this time? I did, I, I did exactly what you said. I did a Hail Mary, but I, ki I killed the Cardinals. My clergyman? No, not those Cardinals, the birds. Oh, well, this is troubling. God can't help you now. You're a bad man.